Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Sabbath morning. Welcome, Sabbath morning. (laughs) Sarah's in a sing-songy mood today. We just (laughs) did a video for Patreon and she sang and also the kitty made another appearance. It was Oh my god, it was so cute. Hi Karen, you're listening. It's her cats and they're so fucking adorable. And now I'm obsessed. And we were recording a video and literally one of them came up to the mic and had his face right at the camera. And I'm <laughs> obsessed. A little podcaster. But um is of- podcatter. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It's a podcatter. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. There I am. <laughs> um, speaking of Patreon, I have a quick announcement that we have a new patron that just joined us, Chris. Hi, Chris, and welcome to Patreon. Thank you so much. Oh, hello, Chris, and thank you for joining Patreon and for your support. We super appreciate it, and uh, yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi, 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 hi. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome. <laughs> and that's all I have for announcements. I don't know about you, Sarah. Yeah, that's all I have. Um, No, nothing for me. I know it's a shocker. Usually I'm the one that's like going off on weird tangents about random shit, but I, I got nothing today. Nothing. Well, you already got podcatter in, so I think... No, I feel like my work is done. I feel like right. I could just sit back and relax the rest of this episode now. Oh, for sure, because we have a very special guest, one of our patrons from the Outer Darkness level, which is the highest level, and we are so excited. We have Millie on the show today. Hi, Millie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so- like doing that song. What is it like, Camillin? If I was good, I would do it, but I'm not, and I just butchered it. So sorry. I'm just gonna keep it simple with Millie. But I do love your name. I know. It's so Thank cute. you. Cute. So Millie is going to tell us her story about obviously being um in Mormonism and leaving and her perspective so Millie where do you want to start wherever you want to begin let's let's just jump right in (laughs) sounds great so um I'm gonna be focusing like more on my journey and finding individuality and self-love from leaving so I'm gonna give like the breakdown you know and then it will all about that great I'm so excited (laughs) so (laughs) um right now I'm 22 years old I live in Salt Lake County Utah um I have a boyfriend that I live with and I grew up in a big family I know scandalous (laughs) (laughs) but um I grew up in a big family um four siblings and two parents and we lived out in Payson, uh, Utah, Payson. which is in Utah County. So, mm-hmm. super so maybe we did meet. I was just saying, listeners, before we started recording, that Millie's voice sounds super familiar to me. 
And we were like, maybe we've met in the past sometime. Payson, that is south, right, of Provo? Am I getting that wrong? Yeah, it's about 20, 25 minutes south. Okay, right. So it's like past Springville. Am I doing it right? Mm-hmm. Springville. Yeah. And then what's the, what's the one after Springville? Spanish Fork? No. Uh-huh. Damn, <laughs> look at me knowing Utah County. <laughs> I'm impressed it's been 12 years and I still got it not 12 years I'm lying nine years still have it anyway (laughs) sorry continue you grew up in Payson (laughs) yeah and um both of my sides of the family were very long time uh, Mormons Um, we I'm not positive if there were pioneers I think there were but I wasn't really that much into the geology side of it. <laughs> yeah. But I grew up there and I noticed at a very young age that I was a lot different than everyone else. Uh, mainly just because I am a bigger girl. I've always been a bigger girl since I was very young. <clears throat> and, you know, going to church every Sunday. Uh, primary activities you know around that age everyone is so small and and quiet and you sit nicely Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's a real thing like I know Sarah and I have touched on this um but I'm really glad you're bringing it up Millie and going to talk about it a little bit more because it I yeah I know that we've mentioned it but it is really true that especially with women, but with a lot of the just people in uh, the Mormon church in Utah County, they all look the same and the women are all, all almost always thin, like very thin. Yeah. So anything outside of that is like considered different or whatever. And it's like, it's not like the rest of the world where there's a diverse amount of like what people look like in Utah County. Um, basically everyone looks the same. <laughs> yep. hundred <laughs> It's like the same copy of each other. Yeah. Because you like, go to church and you see what everyone wears and that's how you get like your trends and stuff within it. <laughs> that's yep. so true. It's this own little, like we say before, it's a little bubble, but it really is. Even mm-hmm. with, when it comes to fashion and hairstyles, they'll all get the same haircut because they all see each other getting it. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so true. I mean, when I look back at my like fashion <laughs> during my time in Utah, it's so bad. I mean, not that it's great now, but it's just it looks like all every single one of us have on like the same outfit in any photo I have with friends. I have the same hair, like it's just <laughs> bad. And constantly covering myself because of thinking about being modest. But also, like you said, mm-hmm. Millie, like everyone that I was that was around me was very slim and I've never been naturally slim. So I felt like, okay, maybe if I cover up, then people will just not see the fact that I'm a chubster. Like that was my <laughs> thing. Like if you wear a lot of clothes, then they won't see it. You can't I see, you just wear black. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But is it so crazy looking back on that mindset now? Because I don't know, like, I've never met you in person, Millie, but I'm sure you're beautiful. But of course, I know Sarah. I've known Sarah for many, many years. And I've always known that Sarah was absolutely 
stunning and has an amazingly stunning body. But because of living in that culture, you're made to think that it you're somehow wrong to be oh, in yeah. Well, it's, you're not even just made to think like people tell you that like I was okay. always told that like oh if you lose a little bit of weight or a lot of weight then like you know you'll find an internal eternal companion that's just for you and you oh, know God so wants you to put on makeup and lose weight and it's like oh okay which yeah. by the way I am stalking Millie right now on Instagram and you're a fucking babe let's just get that out there right now I'm obsessed with full hair. Um, I don't know what color it is now, but that shot is amazing. So it's still yeah. purple. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Obsessed. So everyone, yeah. picture Millie, a gorgeous babe with purple hair. Continue. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys. That's so nice of you. Um, touching on that clothes thing, though, um, when you go into the baptism, whether it's your your baptism when you're eight or when you go into baptisms for the dead, you wear those uh, like jumpers. Oh yes. And you know, covering up for so long, hiding away, trying to cover it up so you look sort of like everyone else. Mm-hmm. When you, I was so scared um, at eight years old to go to my baptism just to find a jumper that would fit me because I was so insecure even at eight um I was thinking about it I was like when did this start um after you guys messaged me because I wanted to come up with some like pinpoints and that I think that was the first memory I have of really feeling insecure was trying to to fit into those white jumpers I can relate on so many levels like and also that embarrassment of what I felt embarrassing now I know like I shouldn't have felt that way but whenever you have to go and pick out your jumpsuit and usually you're with like the group of of other youth who are doing it and the women like the temple workers like measure you and like size you up and they're so loud and I remember them being like oh I think she's an extra large like oh let me let's hope this one fits. And I was like, Oh God, I'm so embarrassed because everyone was like around me. It was a big ordeal. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I think that fits. And at one point I kind of just grabbed it knowing it wouldn't. And it didn't, which was even more embarrassing. So I'd have to go back and be like, it's too small. <laughs> it doesn't. It gave me the big And then it gets wet. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's all stuck to your body. Cause it's all wet. Cause you just got eggs in exactly. a tub. <laughs> Oh, so bad. And when that happens, like, it makes, it made me at the time feel dirty because people could see me. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt so immodest, even though I was wearing a full-size jumper. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's taught all the time that you shouldn't show your body and it's so frowned upon, like, sex is evil until you're married and it's always the woman's fault like don't be too sexy so if anything is even slightly showing and even though it's out of your control and you just did a thing where you got dunked in the water that they told you to get dunked in (laughs) but you still have that shame because of the church which for listeners who are thinking like if you're just joining in now you've just picked a random episode okay when we talk about these jumpsuits like it is a zip up like from your crotch to the top like yep. 
full body white jumpsuit with the scrunchy elastic waistband and it's so unflattering not comfortable it's usually always like for me anyways like tight in some areas way too big in other areas so it was like super tight on my tits and then Mm -hmm. usually yes a camel toe because I'm like that weird petite slash in terms of height but I'm not actually but then I I always get stuck with those, so everything's too short and rides on up, so I had those. And then you go and you're dunked in water, and so all of this just clings to you, and it's white. It's white. please imagine that, and you're usually a teen doing this, so you're already, like, super uncomfortable and self-conscious about your body, and then you have to get out in front of boys and girls and everyone else and just, like yeah try to find a towel as fast as possible yeah so it starts when you're eight you do this when you're eight to get baptized but then yeah like Sarah said you do this when you do the baptisms for the dead because it's a cult and you get done over (laughs) and over and then you're just a teenager in this wet jumper nothing weird about that right (laughs) yeah and there's like a spectating room where people watch you when they're waiting for their turn exactly yes (laughs) that (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> I give it getting the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's uh it hurt uh having that happen when you're trying to do something right. You're told it's right. You're going for the church. Yeah, and it made me not want to do it ever again. I only yeah. did baptisms for the dead once because I never wanted to go in and have it happen again. <laughs> again, sorry. Okay. Yeah. And from there on, I was like, okay, well, if I can't do baptisms for the dead because I don't want to, I have to build up my spirituality in some other way. And I was full gun ho, young women. I was in every single role in each presidency of the Beehives, Mimes, and Laurels. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> I thought I was such a pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Millie, did you have the necklace and wear it with pride? Were you yeah, like, I, I earned this? I wore that necklace <laughs> every Sunday. <laughs> but from then on, like, I just kept doing that. I kept doing church. And I was thinking about it. And I think the real reason I did it was, and I didn't realize it until I listened to one of your episodes. I can't remember when, but you were talking about how when returned missionaries come home, they're looking for that perfect girl. They've been, they've been imagining her for years. They have such a high expectation and they want her to be so spiritual because that they were just away for two years only, you know, in the church mm-hmm. and I think the reason why I was so gun-ho for so long was because I wanted my spirituality to be such a high pro on their pro and con list because I thought my my outweigh uh, my pros would outweigh my con of a body is what I thought oh Millie oh. Yeah. Um, my heart and Oh, man. 
I, I relate to everything you're saying. So I just want to say thank you again for being on this episode and for telling your story because I know it doesn't just relate to me. It's going to relate to so many people. And I think it's really brave and vulnerable that you're telling it. So Definitely. thank you. And also fuck the church for ever making you feel that way. That's you. Um, yeah. So you yeah. can you politely and kindly <laughs> fuck right off the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and all of those return missionaries that even have those standards. And we know that they have those quote-unquote standards because the church has brainwashed them into it. But they also have that gross thing where they're like, if I baptize this many people on my mission, I'll get this hot of a wife sort of mentality. And that also can fuck right off. So while we're telling people to fuck off, I'm going to join. We will continue with that. Actually, we had someone message us about that, right, Katie? Like, yeah. uh, that, that topic of like missionaries being told that, yeah, if they baptize or convert a certain amount of people, then they'll get a hotter wife or... I also heard one that's like every time you drop your scriptures on your mission, you get one like a, a knot towards an ugly wife. Like so, the the more times you drop your scripture, the uglier your wife will be. Okay. Those people are terrible. Yep. <laughs> well, and no, knowing what I know now, not every man thinks the same woman's attractive. Like, <laughs> oh my God, say that again, because I thought the same until I left the church. Exactly. You think everyone's going to like this one specific type of person because that's all that's there, because everyone copies each other. Mm-hmm. So there's no individuality at all. You do what you do because you're told what you want to do, not because you're doing it because you like it or don't like it. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that is so true. I honestly, the until I left the church, I never considered myself attractive on that level of that, like someone else would find me attractive. Like some days I would have my good days and be like, yeah, I'm feeling myself, but on a Mormon level, like I would be like, I'm feeling myself, but no one's actually going to want to date this. And then whenever I left and started going on dates with non-members, I was like, Oh, well, they're only they're only saying they're attracted to me because they want to have sex with me. Because that's also what the church teaches you, that people who aren't guys who aren't Mormon, they might be nice to you or think you're attractive because they only want to have sex with you. And that's it. And so I like struggled with that for a long time until realizing, like, actually, no, like, it's just that you are attractive. Like, we don't need the church to tell us that we're attractive or shitty Mormon dudes to tell you that you're not good enough like actually no men out there exist and women who find you equally attractive so fuck off 100% yes so well said so moving on from like knowing that I feel awful (laughs) I felt it I bury it down because I'm told I need to you know that I'm in the right place yeah and I move on, I turn about 16, and um, I go to visit my sister, my oldest sister, at her house for like a weekend or something, and (laughs) I start watching a show with her, and she's like, do you want to know this show? It's really good. It's called RuPaul's Drag Race. I was like, what? It's a car show? I don't know about this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a car show <laughs> and she was like no 
no, no. It's it's really good. It's kind of like a, a fashion show and I think you'll really like it. So she played it for me and I fell in love with it because you're told in the church, well, I don't think you're directly told, but I feel like it's it's known at the time at least that, you know, it's not okay to be gay. You, you can't be same-sex attraction, I think is what they called it. It was yeah. in the the pamphlets you're given as a, a youth, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's so negative that when I watched the show, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Something isn't added up. <laughs> These people look happy as hell and they're all themselves and they're doing their thing and I'm enjoying it. So what's what's missing here? Why why is this so bad? I guess what I was thinking. Oh, I love that that's what kind of like inspired you to be like, wait a second. <laughs> telling me that these are people that are quote unquote sinful, yet they look like the most amazing and happy people I've ever seen. So what's going on? Exactly. <laughs> like honestly, RuPaul, like so one of my um, quotes that I live by, which I have to give my best friend Jay credit for because he told me at first and then. I heard RuPaul saying it, and obviously it comes from him, but it's a quote that, like, I live my life by, and I'm not even being dramatic right now. I mean, I am, but not really, (laughs) is if those bitches ain't paying your bills, pay them bitches no mind. And that is something that I'm still like, okay, right, it's none of their goddamn business. Like, my life is my life, and if someone's not doing me a service they're not paying my bills then I don't care I don't care about your opinion and I don't like that's what I live by with the church especially like or people who say things about I mean we have negative Mormon trolls all the time and I'm like unless you bitches are paying me 10% of your income I want to hear it <laughs> I love it <laughs> exactly and it's like I it was such a division in my mind that it started to make me question. It was a very small questioning because at the time I, again, was president girl. I was a YCL, the whole <laughs> shebang. Like, YCL with your medallion on. I see yes, it. Girl. I see you. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, hey, I, I need to start thinking more for myself. Is a thing I thought. And from then on, I started to accept more people. I had friends who were gay. I had a friend who was just as big as me in high school. She was amazing. She helped me think more for myself and and find out, you know, you can wear a crop top. You can wear skinny jeans. You're as beautiful as hell. Mm -hmm. And turned out that I kept thinking that, turned 18, but I was still in the church. And I knew at 18, there's the big year. I'm going to be old enough to be married now. And I've been hiding something for a very long time. Um, and it was, you know, having some good time with yourself. <laughs> oh, I love some good time with myself. <laughs> we all do on this show. <laughs> for, for good times with yourself. <laughs> I was hiding that away for so long I think it's so funny now because it's not even that big of a deal now 
but at the time you you're told it's so dirty and wrong but I knew that year I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to have to repent finally so I can finally go into the temple and get married or go on a mission if nobody wanted me, really, because that was my only options of thinking. I wasn't thinking of going to college. I was only thinking about getting married or going on a mission. Yep. And, um, Sorry. I have like little bullet points so I don't lose my place. <laughs> no, I love it. So cute. You're so organized. <laughs> Thank you. Way better than me. <laughs> I finally decide, okay, I need to go and I need to confess. So I go in and the bishop at the time, he was uh, my neighbor. So I know my whole wow. life. Oh, yep. Oh, boy. And he was one of those front seat families. You know, the people at the very, very front oh, of the chapel. Oh, those people. <laughs> those people, yes. <laughs> That's also just, sorry, just a side note for listeners who didn't grow up in the Mormon church or any church. Isn't it so funny that when you think about, like, your home ward or your church experience, you automatically picture every single person in your ward sitting in their exact spot that they sit in every single Sunday? Yes. Like, I can name everyone in my home branch. Like, I know exactly where they sat, where I sat every Sunday. Like, you never touch those seats. Everyone sat in the same exact seat mm-hmm. every Sunday. And if there's if there's a guest that shows up for some reason and sits in someone's seat, it's like chaos because no one knows <laughs> they're going to sit and everyone gets moved around. It's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so true. I never even thought about that. But yes, continue with the front. Can we just talk about, I know I bring this up, but can we talk about how, how awful it is that Millie at 18 years old literally was doing what all the rest of us, almost all the rest of us were doing at 18, you know, exploring your own body. And yet you still felt like you needed to go to your adult neighbor, but because he was called a bishop, you had to go and quote unquote confess this. Like that's so messed up and awful. And I hate that the church makes people do that. It's so fucked. And it makes you, I mean, those are your crucial years. I mean, you're already, as you said, like full of emotions, you're going through puberty, you're going through all that. You're going through teen life, which is hard as fuck. And then you have this extra level of like guilt for doing what's natural by exploring your body. Cause everyone did it at that time but in Mormon I mean at that time I still do it all the time but like (laughs) you shouldn't feel guilty about it you know and that's something that we all everyone who's listening I'm sure relates because they they've gone through the same exact thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well and you go in and you are always told when you go to repent because I never went to repent again I thought I was perfect Again, I wasn't because I was. Well, you had that medallion, so you had the medallion. (laughs) (laughs) But you go in and you think that you're going to be, you know, showered, not showered, I shouldn't say showered with love, but you're going to be comforted, you know, empathized with. Mm -hmm. At least what I was told, it's supposed to be like, you know, Jesus is helping you along the way. He's, you know, suffered for your sins. He's going to be there for you. Um, and you, the bishop in this sense is supposed to be kind of like 
a middleman. He's supposed to help you. Yeah. And so that was comforting in myself to know that, okay, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to go in. It's going to be okay. I need to do this so I can get married is the only reason why I did it. Because mm-hmm. I knew I needed to be able to be worthy enough to go into the temple. Mm-hmm. All that women are good for is getting married and having babies. Yeah. So and you have to be worthy for the Yeah. Oh. <sighs> so you go in, <laughs> sit across from your neighbor, <laughs> across from this big wood desk, <laughs> fancy chair. <Yep. laughs> you, I, I started crying. You know, I never told anybody this for, you know, six years of built up shame. And Mm -hmm. I confessed this big, huge thing to him. And I'm expecting at least some support and love. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he says was, have you read the Book of Mormon? What? What the fuck? What this? Was he going to say his next line, Moroni struggle with touching himself? Like, is that <laughs> relatable? Like, Yeah, I'm like, how is this uh, really to the vision? Oh. <laughs> well, now that I think of it like that, I totally wasn't thinking it like that. I think he meant, like, have you read it? Like, because he thought, like, if you read it, you become more, like, um strong I guess or like thin <laughs> resistant <laughs> that's so tr- that's like something that they do say though like oh if you ever feel temptation just read the book of mormon or sing a hymn right like yeah. just push it away push down it away. that vibrator and pick up the book of mormon <laughs> no ma'am I will not <laughs> And this like rocked my world. I was like, oh, uh, well, yeah, I read it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I kind of, I can't really remember anything else he said at that point because I was so destroyed inside. I just confessed this thing to this man I've known my entire life. And he thinks that I haven't been doing what I need to do to the point where He's, you know, questioning my faith. He's questioning all these things when I knew I tried my hardest to be the perfect Mormon girl spiritually because I knew I had to make up for my body in my mm-hmm. mind. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it frustrated me so much. Um, I left. And while I was walking out those big glass doors <laughs> I, I can said, picture you know, them perfectly yep. you open them up <laughs> yep. walk down those cement steps and mm. I was like I am not doing this anymore to myself oh, I'm gonna do what I want you. for a year and nice. it's really as fucking bad as they say it is I'll come back and repent and it'll be fine yes Millie yes that is the Thing. I think so many people would have just been that much more shamed into staying. But I love that that's where you went with it. Yeah, exactly. That you were like, fuck this. I'm, I'm out. Well, and I've like heard of other people. They're like, you just wanted to leave because you wanted to stay in, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I wanted to leave because I was so unhappy. Like mm-hmm. all these people around me didn't like each other. They said they did, 
they did it because they were trying to become more godlike when they should have been empathizing with people, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, that's so true. That We've touched on the fake friendships and the fake friendliness mm-hmm. so much, but it's because they're told they have to be, not that they really care about each other a lot of times. And then yeah. you go to your bishop to get some support and help with something that you consider, you know, a sin or whatever. And then what he jumps to is blaming you. Like, well, do you even read the Book of Mormon? And it's like, what the hell? Exactly. (laughs) There's absolutely no empathy, no attempt to understand to, even if you don't, you know, like, even if it's a religion that says, yeah, you're not supposed to masturbate. Okay, fine. Then believe that, but you can still have empathy and not just go in it with, uh, have you read the Book of Mormon? Uh, obviously that'll help you like it's just so dismissive and yeah yeah. it's so backwards (laughs) from how it's supposed to be and I know not everyone is like this in the church this is my experience and it's a lot of people yeah we say that a lot that like a lot of people are are great people that are in the church, right? Like we've met a bunch of those people, but I think especially when you're in an area like Utah County, um, the majority of the people you encounter are not really that genuine. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I think a lot of them are doing it because they feel obligated to be quote unquote nice to you, but they're not actually your friends because think about when you leave the church how many of those people that thought that you thought they were your friend when you were in the church are still your friend now, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think how I grew up, I was lucky of where I landed in my family because all of my older siblings, they're no longer in the church. All, all my siblings aren't in the church anymore. Oh, wow. And okay. What I, about your parents? My Sorry. parents still are. They still are. It's a, it's a weird relationship, but it's getting better. But I felt like I had a pathway almost Mm. um, of knowing that my mom and dad are still going to love me no matter what I do. Because from what I've seen of my siblings, they weren't like kicked out or whatever. They weren't shunned. Mm -hmm. My family is very strong and together and I think that was also a comfort as well as the one positive thing I had at church was my family mm-hmm. and that's not going to leave so yeah. I think that also gave me confidence to know okay I'm still going to have this big part of my life with my family that's not going away but I don't want to pretend anymore yeah. I want to be who I want to be and go out for this year <laughs> do what I want and I really, I was like, if it's really that bad, I'll go back and repent. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm going to be shunned forever. And yeah. I went out and I was still in high school at this time. I decided because I've wanted one forever, I would get uh, a nose piercing. And Ooh. I was like, okay, this is the time where I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I got a septum piercing, which is where they go through the bottom of the nose. Cute. Oh, so cute. I've all, yeah, yeah, I think those are so cute. And 
You rock them. As I said, I've already stalked you on Instagram, and she does rock the nose ring. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you. I love it, too. I still have it. <laughs> I don't have as much, like, uh, I used to really, really not glorify it, but it was my one stamp of, like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I put so much pressure on that that I... I finally let loose and dressed how I wanted. Um, I started posting pictures on my Instagram. She's probably seeing them because I don't really post often. (laughs) But um, I was living my life, going to high school. And one day I came home. It was Sunday and my dad was sitting at the table. And he says, hey, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay, what's going on? And he said, uh, your young women's leader, she, uh, she went to the bishop and uh, said that she didn't want you in church anymore because she saw that you pierced your nose and she <gasps> doesn't think it's a good example for everybody else. Oh, my God. What a cunt. I am sorry. I am saying that word. This she is the said, of like what would Jesus do, right? They always claim like Jesus would be inclusive and like we're so welcoming. It doesn't matter what you wear. And then there's this shining example mm-hmm. of someone that's like literally over a piece of jewelry what? doesn't want you to be around your fellow young women. Like uh, what uh, the actual fuck? Wow. And I've known this lady for years. And I, she told me she loved me. You know, I was in the presidency with her. I was very connected to this woman. And the second I decide to leave, she goes and stabs me in the back to my bishop. She doesn't even come to me or to my dad. She goes to the bishop. Like, and it's literally over a piece of metal in your nose. Like, <laughs> I can't even handle it. I, I just... <laughs> And a piece of metal in your nose that literally, uh, I can't even, with the piercing, that's a whole other topic that, like, I can't fucking wrap my head around the church's rationale with it. As in, you can have one piercing in your ear, but nothing else. God's like, no, no, you can't have more than earrings. And then get upset at you over it. Like, that would be like, you know how Mormons always are, like, upset at Sarah and I about our podcast and claim that we're, like, persecuting them or some shit. That'd be like us being like, we don't want you around our family or friends because you're wearing a CTR ring and that's a bad influence. Like, we're not going to like that yet you can't just really wear a piece of jewelry of your choosing and be welcome in her environment like that's ah. yeah well and how my dad like because the bishop brought my dad in and that's how he found out he had a little meeting with him and he actually thought it was my younger sister because my younger sister she I'm gonna say rebelled (laughs) (laughs) much sooner than I did she's a proud lesbian at this point she has colored hair she's rocking it now nice and he thought it was her and then he said oh no no it's Millie and I was like he he, not me sorry (laughs) I'm getting all scrambled (laughs) um he was like oh and what's the problem like he was like what's the big deal I don't understand why 
she would want that, you know. Yeah. He told me he still loved me no matter what. And I was going to be okay. Oh. You have a dad. I like that. I love that your parents are are supportive. Um, I'm like, if you've, you've listened, you probably know that I have a similar situation with my parents where they are very, very loving to me, even though I have left the church. But your and I situation is not that um, common. Sadly, a lot of times children do get shunned. So I'm glad that you have that support system with your family. Yeah, definitely. I was really worried about my sister because she came out to me first. And at the time I had, if I hadn't had watched RuPaul forever ago, I don't think I would have had the same, um, you know, response to her when she came to me. But I, I really, I, put it all on that show it's such a great show if you haven't seen it I really recommend watching it because you see how amazing these people are they're beautiful and it made me empathize with my sister when she didn't feel like she could come out to anybody and I was the first person she told and my family loves her you know she doesn't have anybody right now but they've offered like when she has a girlfriend to come to dinner and everything oh, and so great. good I really love them because it's been a long time coming it's a relationship that you have to work on like any other mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a silent knowing we don't like really we haven't had the big talk about anything they just kind of know to love us for who we are you know yeah oh but um I have a question. Did you ever go back to Young Women's with your nose ringing? <laughs> oh, no. I never <laughs> fucking touched those steps again. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I wish you would have, and you should have, like, tied your medallion through your nose ring and been like, um, oh, I'm like still here, bitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that the medallion has just been a running theme. In this I'm episode. obsessed with it. That's all I, I keep thinking about. And I love it. Love I'm it. I'm pretty sure I, like, threw it away. Like, I don't. No. I don't know. New merch idea. We need to make our own medallions that look similar. But we only have them in the form of, like, nose rings, nipple rings, belly rings, that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, the bottom around it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess after that, I mean, I decided to leave, did my thing, dyed my hair. I don't have purple hair. My sister is a beautician, so she kind of started that. So it wasn't it. too uncommon in my family. And um from there I met my boyfriend. I moved up to Salt Lake County, not yeah, Salt Lake County. I still mm-hmm. live in Utah. I don't feel like I want to leave, mainly just because this is where I, my home. I feel at yeah. home here. Yeah. And I feel like Salt Lake County is enough out of it, but that I can still be close to my family, you know? Yeah, when I, I actually moved out of the house, uh, you know, I grew up in Utah County and I moved to Salt Lake City and I felt like it was a lot different it was a big relief to get out of the Utah Valley bubble there's so much more diversity and less Mormon influence in actual Salt Lake City so I totally relate to that 
it's a I feel like it's a different world even though you still I still see temples outside my window I see them right now you know <laughs> bad to me but yeah <laughs> I don't really see them anymore though like when I drive around you know there's a, a, a church on every corner but I don't notice them I don't really pay attention so it's not too big of a thing for me yeah but um definitely different when I um I visited my family over the holidays and Mm -hmm. I think being away from that culture and that environment and then you go back you it, it like slaps you in the face again because I'm just like the church is everywhere like Millie's not exaggerating when she says there's a church on nearly every corner sometimes two churches on a block especially in Utah County and it's like whoa this they really have you know everywhere but I can see that you're saying that once you're in it you kind of just like get used to it (laughs) yeah I mean in Payson there's literally they're next to each other there's two Mm -hmm. churches right next to each other on the same parking lot (laughs) It was such a culture shock for me when I moved to from Georgia. I mean, in Georgia, you have lots of churches as well. You have like, they're Baptists and Methodists and whatever. So when I moved to Utah, I was just like, oh my God, I can't wrap my head around the fact that there are so many church, like LDS churches and like temples everywhere. And now that I'm in Germany for like the past nine years, it's like, if I see any other church that's modern and not like when these old European churches that I'm like, Oh my God, there's like a Baptist church in Berlin. <laughs> what? Like, this is weird. So crazy. I would love to see that because <laughs> it kind of gets like, Oh, another one, like as you drive by, but it, it's, it's, you know, I don't care. People can go if they want to go. It's kind of just like, they're not going to listen unless, they want to yeah and I was the same way if I I didn't want to hear it unless you know I was open to it and I honestly didn't find out anything about the church being wrong until I started listening to your podcast about a year ago I Ah. found it from my sister and I was like oh wait a second What is the CES letter that everyone's talking about? <laughs> oh, I was just about to ask how you found our podcast. Like, what part of the journey was it? And so, oh, that's good to know. I mean, I'm sorry that we, like, ruined everything of how you perceive the LDS church, because I understand that that's a big blow. Like, when I found out all this stuff, when Katie was telling me, it was like, What? No, don't tell me anymore. I need to digest this first. It's so much. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here too. This is so fun. I'm so glad I've been able to get to know you guys, even though I've never met you until now. It's kind of like you were stepping stones for me in my journey, honestly. And it's, it's, I'm healing right now. This is me completing something. Because I, I, uh, once I read that letter, I hated myself through going through the church. I hated that little girl. I didn't like her because she said so many awful things. And I finally realized, you know, everyone else wanted to turn her away. And now you're going to hate her? 
Mm, yeah. You can't do that. You have to love yourself. And I think that's a big part of why I wanted to come on here is because there's probably someone listening right now who doesn't think they're beautiful or doesn't know how amazing they can be. And until you start discovering what you like for yourself and do it without any influence of anybody and you surround yourself with people who are good for you and who love you, that's when you start unlocking who you really are because I believe still that everyone has a spirit, everyone has energy. And unless you bring that out, you're, you're stifling yourself, you're, you're bearing yourself down and it's never good to do that. Well, that just had me in tears. Thanks a lot, Millie. I'm so sorry. Choking up over here. That's exactly what I think. I mean, truly though, that's like, truly I think what almost all of us need to hear at some point or another and to know that like we talk about like you're worthy and you're beautiful and you don't need any outside source including a church to tell you that um that's really beautiful thank you and I am sure more than one person is going to listen to this and feel the same way so I guarantee you everyone who listens is going to resonate and relate to this episode on so many different levels. Like even for me, it's like this good reminder of how far I've come, like to see how I used to feel about myself, like how I used to view myself to now where it's like, wow, like I, I, it's almost shocking to think about how negative I was towards myself because I thought that's how I had to be because everyone else perceived me like that in the Mormon church. And so Thank you for that reminder. Thank you for taking me back down memory lane and having that little refresher of like, right, yeah, we've gone through some tough shit. Everyone listening to this show right now has. We've all gone through stuff and we we made it on the other side and we're we're good and we're great people because of that, you know? Like we are doing the best we can and I think obviously um yeah, we have our cool little community of support and friendship and we see each other for who we are and I think that's exactly what you're saying the most important like to love ourselves for ourselves and not because of anything else yes I don't know about you but I'm a lot happier on this side of it girl I'm so happy and it's not fake happy like the church says like they pretend to be happy nah we're just happy go drink some coffee and come back to me you'll you'll see that's what makes you happy (laughs) (laughs) yes okay Millie before we wrap up I do want to ask you um was there one like piece of information that was particularly uh I don't know like mind-blowing to you that you found out about the church after you know when you read the CES letter was there something that was just like holy shit (laughs) um kind of all of it but I think the one thing that really I still remember from reading it was that there, the Book of Mormon was technically kind of plagiarized and yeah. he used the city names around him, but just <laughs> threw in other shit. 
and then made it like a big like the R- Jordan River, but it's like City Jordan's next to him or some shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. You're like, wait, J Dog, you're not, you're getting that creative. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> That is so true. I forgot about that, actually, that level of detail and that, oh, God, J-Dog, but don't you dare say that to a Mormon, because as Katie and I were just chatting this week, like, it, last week we did the episode comparing Tiger King, like, Doc Antle, and they, like, Mormon trolls lost their shit anytime you even comment on a prophet, I'm doing air quotes, prophet of god they like it it just you can't do it you cannot do it they lose their minds they will (laughs) overlook everything else but as soon as you mess with j-dog it's like nope (laughs) it was absolutely wild yeah (laughs) because you don't realize it until you look at that piece of paper that has lists upon lists of all the names that they actually are and the names of what he made up like i was like okay i mean one or two and then I scrolled and there's like a hundred. Like there's no way to disprove that. <laughs> yeah, no. I know, and we talk about it and we laugh, man, yeah. I, I know that mindset too, being a Mormon, like don't come for the leader, but then you sit back and you think like, huh, that's like very culty, right? You get so yep. when they're a- attacking, quote unquote, the leader. But yeah, that's that's so funny. <laughs> oh gosh. So, uh, yeah, those comments last week had us giggling a lot. Oh, yeah, they came out. (laughs) Speaking of, thank you to all of our amazing Mormon troll slayers on our Instagram, like, stepping in and supporting us and responding to all those messages. You guys were the best. I always giggle whenever Dusty and Jake get on there and they just go back and forth. I just, it cracks me up so much. And all of you other listeners, I've seen those comments and it's just like, I know if we get one, I wait. I'm always like, let me just, let me just wait a few minutes and see if someone steps in to just leave a brilliant comment. So I don't even have to. And then I get to giggle. So thanks guys. Appreciate that. (laughs) And while we're on thanks, I just want to say thanks again to you, Millie. Thank you not only for being our guest today, but for also being our outer darkness patron and being so generous with us and for sharing your story and being vulnerable and making both Sarah and I cry. It's been so nice to have you on the show. It has been. It was so nice to meet you guys and help me heal and hopefully help other people. And so I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity. (laughs) We are honored. Thank you, Millie. And as I mentioned, you're a babe. I just need to throw it out there again. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Millie. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, and yeah, we're just so lucky to have you as not only a listener, but a patron. You're in outer darkness getting lit with us. We appreciate you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up. And thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We will. Bye-bye. Bye.